Welcome to the Diabetics Doing Things podcast. We've been telling the amazing stories of type 1 diabetics all across the world since 2015, and we have over a thousand years of living with T1D on the podcast. The interviews range from incredible feats to everyday victories, and we celebrate them all just the same. Thanks for listening, and if you want to get involved even further, just send me an email at rob at diabeticsdoingthings.com. What's going on, guys? Rob Howe here. Extremely excited for this interview today. It is the second talk that I've had with the amazing Chris Rudin. This interview is actually the first of its kind. Uh, not only are we live on the floor of the AADE conference in Houston, but Chris really takes the reins out of my hand. Uh, we've now had like almost two hours of recorded conversations uh, for you guys to enjoy. Got a lot of feedback from the first episode that you guys really liked his perspective. And he puts the ball in my court and asks me some questions, puts me on the spot, and he and I both discuss things that we've actually never discussed publicly. So around about the last 15 minutes of this episode, you're going to see us both dig really deep uh, and get into some really personal, vulnerable stuff uh, that really kind of reinforces what we believe about vulnerability and about honesty, and I'm really excited to hear you guys' feedback on it. So you guys know Chris Rudin. He uh, is a motivational speaker. He is uh, an entrepreneur. He is a fitness guru. Uh, and he is uh, on Instagram as Chris Rudin. He was on the first season of the NBC Titan Games with The Rock. Uh, but that is only the beginning of the things that he is doing and will continue to do for people with diabetes as well as people with disabilities. So without further ado, part two of my conversation with Chris Rudin. Chris Rudin, dude, what's up? What's going on, man? Thank you for having me again. Of course. Glad to be here. Uh, we're here live at AD 2019. Uh, Diabetics Doing Things podcast. We're back in action. Oh, this uh, yeah. I got. I got to tell you, not to pad the ego, but people like even as recently as like last week, we're now we recorded in March, uh, our last podcast published yeah. like right after that, and it's now August. And people as recently as last week were like, "Yo, that episode with Chris Rudin was so dope." So I got thanks. a lot of feedback from that, but you know, not to pad the ego, but as we talked about last time, ego is the enemy is the enemy absolutely dude i'm actually reading another uh ryan holiday book at uh right now called conspiracy yeah conspiracy uh, that was his early one one of his early yeah. ones very cool it's like you know he's a super smart guy just absolutely like his, like his stuff for sure uh so what's up man you're here we're here at uh at 2019 first year here you first know year. uh things have blown up things have blown up since last time and uh, i'm just excited to be giving more value to the community not just the camp side or the kid side or the family side, but now even the educator side. Right. And it's, it's really cool to be able to give back and see the other perspective of not just people going through it, but the people helping the people going through it. Right. It's, it's interesting. Austin and I were talking about it, um, on, uh, we did a podcast here as well. When you put faces to companies, right. And you actually see the people behind the scenes, it kind of changes things, or at least for me changed like, Oh, this company really does know, what people with diabetes need and they really are focused on on an individual level they're like yeah i'm trying to solve this problem uh have you experienced some so, of that as well one of the biggest things i've noticed here is this is a meeting for caregivers but the difference is caregivers that actually care hmm. and that's not common surprisingly it's not you know whether you're diabetic or you have any sort of issue you've been to the doctor most caregivers don't care they don't you know they they care that you're patient number 47 and you're paying the bills but they don't care what you're going through and they don't treat you like Rob. They don't treat you right. like Chris. They treat you like your condition. So to be able to talk to people, companies and educators who respect that is different, you know? So it's really cool. Really it cool hit, to see that. Yeah. It hits different, right? It is. Surprisingly. <laughs> surprisingly. Uh, it's kind of interesting, you know, and I don't want to dive too deep uh, into like the, you know, our healthcare system here in the U.S. But we all will talk about it a little bit later from a point of entrepreneurship, I think. Uh, just hearing you tell somebody else's story today uh, about living off of insurance for a while um, sparked that memory. But like, you know, those doctors and providers have like hundreds of people to see every day and they're just going from one to another, to another, to another, to another. And they're not able to develop those relationships that maybe in the past they were able to. Uh, so it's always interesting, like to have people who take the time. Yeah. Like, and I think here we have the space and the time to actually dig into those issues. And it's really cool to see some of the sessions that people are going to uh, and I think know, really learning. Even, even with limited time though, 
it takes two seconds to acknowledge someone like body language tells a lot when when you address someone you face them you give them time to respond you you treat them like you're present and not like you have a thousand other things to do because to be honest most of us have a thousand other things to do but give someone your time that's the most valuable thing you can give as an educator or just a person is giving someone your time so let's talk about your time yeah Uh, like you said things have blown up Mm -hmm. really since last time we talked and in this year for you uh, kind of following the Titan games and that as you kind of come out of that, uh, sort of maybe with a renewed sense of, uh, you know, kind of purpose and, and really driving yourself forward I've, in something that I think you've known you wanted for a long time, but now are finally realizing. I think I've known I've wanted to help and I started in the di- diabetes space, but I knew I, I just wanted to give value back to people and understand the concept of struggle. And that's what makes it relatable. Whether you listen because you're diabetic or you listen because you're disabled or you listen just because you're a normal person. Everyone understands the concept of struggle. So now I'm finally getting out into the world of diabetes as almost a covered disability and with the ADA. So clothing, you know, fashion, feeling better about yourself, confidence. Normalizing, uh, medical, right? Yeah, normalizing and normalizing individuality and accepting that different is awesome. So that's that's really what I'm focusing on now. And now I'm working with, you know, clothing companies. I'm working with different corporations that get that language needs to change and relationships need to change because patients control the destiny of everything here you know we're finally getting the power back to make the choices and they're using people who are in the space for info you know they're vetting us they're using us as consultants to figure out how to reach their target audience whereas 10 years ago they were just hiring companies for that right so we're, we're in a very very fun age to say the it's least. cool and, and i think uh when i when i listen to podcasts and like uh, there's a guy I really like naval ravikant who was actually on joe rogan's podcast not too long ago and he talks about in his his uh idea of what the future looks like is that everyone will work for themselves in some capacity or work for a smaller organization that this idea of, uh, of big companies and people wanting to work for a big company will start to dwindle uh, and I think we're sort of experiencing the initial parts of that, right? Uh, Definitely. Your platform is your business, is your lifestyle, livelihood, but also it's your avenue to help other people like you and also help companies to help other people. And a lot of people ask me like, oh, how do you how do you get to do what we're doing? How do you get to do be what you're being? That's you know, like right the now? most common question. All the time. It's all the such time. an easy and unfair question to ask, right? Yeah. And it unfortunately, it's an easy and open-ended answer, you know, in that being authentic being your true self and not trying to be what you're not because anyone who is not authentic they you it, you reek of a lack of authenticity you can see it you can feel it when you walk into a room and everyone doesn't trust you so to be authentic to just be unapologetically you is the hardest but most successful move you could ever make well and i think it pays off soundbite right that, that was major soundbite <laughs> i was to let that sit for a second did you guys get that okay and you talk a little, it kind of comes back a little bit to reputation, right? Um, I wanna, I'm going to spring this on you. Your reputation as Chris Rudin is that you are super genuine, kind, and just like unbelievably cool uh, because you're you. Mm-hmm. And, like, uh, and, I, and I like totally agree with that. Like, I, you can have a preconceived notion about what you might be like because you have this kind of meathead. Of course. You know, and right? I get that all the time. Like people are like, oh, I'm so surprised that you were cool. I just thought you were kind of, and I'm like, yeah, kind of what? Like douchey. I'm like, why? Oh, sure. because I have muscles. I wear clothes that are too tight. I have tattoos. You know, and I, I get that, but that's where not judging a book by its cover is right. important. Now, to close friends, I'm sarcastic, I'm fun, you know, like, you know, call me whatever. But at the end of the day, my goal is to help people. Sure. And I do that in the best way I know how, and that's just being me. Well, and I think that comes across super early when you interact with you, um, which is great. I mean, like I, like you said, authentic. It's it's You could fake this if you wanted to, but you're clearly not. It would be right? exhausting. It would be exhausting. Be, at right? this point, it would be, this would be the world's best. Like, I should just be hired to act because yeah, then I would be, be the world's best actor. Just the method, yeah. most method actor Ridiculous. of all time. Um, talk about where we're at here. We're here today, uh, where you are today, August 2019. What would you, you know, this is a relatively new journey for you of acceptance with yourself, mm-hmm. um, which I think is where really this whole journey started, um, you know, regarding talking about your disability, yeah. even, even outside of diabetes. What would, what would you tell your, you know, 21-year-old self or what would your 21-year-old self look at you and say? I um, think the difference is what I would tell my 19 or 21-year-old self doesn't matter because I wouldn't have listened at the time regardless. So... I mean, the the best advice I could say to myself would be that you're going to get through it at your own pace. 
I wouldn't tell myself to speed up. Of course, I wish that I would have been more open. I, I you, hindsight is twenty twenty. You look back like, man, if I would have stopped hiding, I could have been this. I could have been that. But that's a fake scenario that I created in my head to ruin my now for a past I can't control for a future that didn't happen. That's a waste of time and a waste of energy. And a lot of people waste energy on things that they can't control. Like we talked about last yeah. time, and I'll talk about that forever because that's the most simple but profound concept is to put energy into things you can control. Um, if that person was right in front of me now, I'd be like, why are you hiding? You're hiding from yourself. Because no one had the cojones to tell me that. You can curse in this podcast if you want. I mean, I you, did. It was in Spanish, yeah. but you're just not cultured. It's I'm fine. No worries. Not. I'm a cultural appropriation at its <laughs> finest. Sorry, guys. Well, I need, to, I need to take a step back. I just hope that I said uh, testicles. Yeah. Did I? I think so. Cool. We're good. Yeah. Solid. It was good. I think... It's so tough. You know, you talk about being authentic and how it'd be exhausting to be the other way. But I think today's society, and not to make this like a, a huge a treatise on what's wrong with the world, but yeah. I think we're under pressure externally from people to appear a certain way, or at least we interpret it that way. And maybe that's our relationship with that, that uh, you know, external viewpoints. So we're putting on. Uh, we're in that sort of keeping up with the Joneses and social media plays into that. It's really funny, though, because we're, we're trying to appease a societal norm. But when you break apart societal norm into individuals, everyone struggles with the same problem they're trying to push on you. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So everyone is struggling. Dig with in, the let's same dig thing. into that. Yeah. So you think about it like, oh, man, everyone expects you to be perfect. You know, like you got to soften your face with that filter on Instagram. You got to. If everyone softened their face with filter, that means everyone has the same problem from the get go. You know, if you look at me weird because I'm missing part of my arm, I look at you weird because your face is different than mine. Right. Like, you know, we're, we're literally judging people based on individuality and that's a requirement. It's, it's a minimum requirement of being born. So it just blows my mind that we are upset and I, I experienced this so I can say this. I was upset that I wasn't the same. I was upset about a fact that is a hundred percent true for everyone. And it's just, right. it's so weird to think about now. I'm like, that's, that's, it's weird to me. You it's know? interesting. And like those microaggressions you take against yourself. Yeah. Um, and that self-talk, um, the inner monologue you carry with yourself is the most detrimental or supportive conversation you could ever have, regardless of any other conversation with a CEO or someone who could move you up. And, you know, people are like, it's not about what you know, it's about who, you know, it's also about how you talk to yourself. Like that's one of the most important conversations. Have you changed that inner monologue to reflect not just where you are, but who you want to be? Well, and I think also you have to believe first that, it, that whatever you want for yourself is possible or is the right thing or else, because it's really hard to get other people to believe it if you don't. Absolutely. Uh, and you know, kind of talking back to the conversations with yourself, uh, I was in Montana this week at another uh, American Diabetes Association um, camp for kids and I was talking to one of the counselors because uh, he was saying you know he asked how tall I am that's like a usual icebreaker for most people and also like uh, clerks at grocery stores are always like look looking down they look up and they're like oh my god uh, but I remember seeing and we had this conversation about uh, like Dirk Nowitzki went on Twitter and and said you know it's so weird like being seven feet tall you take yourself out of it sometimes He's like this I've had this great career and I have this thing that I do what I love but you know, it's easy sometimes because people are commenting on your physical appearance to feel like left out or uh, that you're weird or that you're like self-conscious. Absolutely. Uh, and we were kind of talking about that. He had a, uh, one of his friends was like a seven foot guy that didn't really play sports and like works at a desk and people every day, the first thing they notice is how tall he is. I'm sure they say things like, oh, you should play basketball. Like exactly. You, you should do something because of the way you were born and like not, not because you want to, but right. because of how I feel about how I see you. And that, that to me is so weird. Like you take my arm and people come up to me and literally grab it. And right. they're like, oh, this is so cool. And I'm like, I'm okay with that now. Sure. Now before I would have been petrified, like that yeah. would have destroyed me. But then let's flip the scenario. Let's say you are a person with, uh, let's say you have an extra 400 pounds on you. And I come up and I grab your stomach and I'm like, wow, you are so round. Like you are big, yeah. you are big. Big, big, big. Which, in some ways, w is almost a, the exact same interaction. It's identical because yeah. this is how I was born. This is how you are. This is how we currently both are. And you are coming up to me based on something you don't know because your curiosity is so overwhelming that you disregard potential respect for someone you don't know. Right. I'm okay with it now, but it, you wouldn't do that to someone's wheelchair and, like, roll their wheels for them. Right. 
but it's crazy how people act. Same thing with diabetes and having these supplies. Like, oh, is that a nicotine patch? Like, people just throw out stuff. And that's just so weird to me. People are like, oh, uh, are your ears disabled or are they just normally small? And, like, that's, that's kind of like a low-key neg, you know? Like Absolutely. You're, 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 like, hitting someone. And it's funny because I'm cool with it now, but I've done little, like, research experiments on my own where I go to Walmart. I'll have this arm on. Everyone talks to me. I'm the coolest person in the world, you know? Take this arm off. People avoid me like the plague. Very uncomfortable. They don't know where to look. They're like, mm, not as cool. You get what I'm saying? So perspective is is crazy of how people interact and honestly i'd rather people just ask and talk right because then we get to educate and well because and you're not using this as this arm as an example as a defense mechanism no, to hide no, not at all and i do both you know like i wear this maybe 40 to 50 percent of the time and for real it's like a, a great uh how do i say like mental it, it helps me mentally it's almost like the world's most expensive accessory it's great <laughs> Obviously, I use it, but it to me, it makes me feel better. But at the same time, I walk around all the time without it, you know? And I'm fortunate to be in that case. Some people aren't. Some people won't show their Dexcom or sure. their CGM or their pump or their insulin shot or anything like that. Some people will. Uh, I guess it's where you're at comfortably, but we do have to do better in respecting people's spaces. It's interesting because I think as a, I don't know, as a species, we're very social, obviously, and like we want to try to connect and we don't always do it in the most tactful way definitely um for example right now you're wearing the Eversense cgm I, i'm wearing my medtronic mm -hmm. sensor i go to the gym with a, or play basketball and i play with it on so someone could bump it or ask about it and i just try to always put myself in the position where i was when i got diagnosed with diabetes which was i knew nothing about it um and i would have asked those questions too and I think for people maybe that are more in the public eye, like you hear it more often, it can become more abrasive mm -hmm. potentially. And also how you do what you do makes you who you are. Like how you ask a question like Is that. Is everything. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you can, you can ask tough questions the right way. Oh, dude, my, my favorite is like people like, I just have to ask. No, you don't. Stop. No, you don't. Right. No, you don't. No, you don't. Don't you want to ask. You want to. Yeah. Like, just don't lie. Use the right language. Don't say you can't say you won't. You know, there's things like that. I'm big on language. So. When someone says something like that, I'm like, I'm cool if you're just straight up like, bro, I'm so curious. I'm, I, I just, I really would like to know. Yeah. Cause that, like, okay, how cool. honest is that? It's honesty. Like true raw honesty is, is hard. It's hard to do. And like, it's like, you're so, I'm like, I'm so curious. And I think that honesty is, it's such I a nuanced it. thing, yeah. right? Like we hey. don't do it. We're not our authentic selves anymore with, with social media. We, we filter everything from the way we look to the way we talk to what we say we want versus what we actually want. It's not our goals and our actions don't align is is that social media or is that just embarrassment is that fear i don't, I don't think it's social media is the cause but i think social media is definitely a vessel so people, maybe it people heightens act like, that oh, oh for sure for sure i think people just are afraid to be super authentic because it's vulnerable because it's it's raw and then we kind of judge ourselves based like damn i really want to know about their disability like that's kind of messed up yeah but in reality, it's not because they don't know. They've never seen it, you know? Can I blame them? No, but at the same time, there's days where I don't want to be that person, you know? I don't want to be on 24-7. Yeah. I try to be, but sometimes, you know, you just can't. You, you and, can't. you know, you got to take your time to, to, to recharge and kind of disconnect yeah. as well. I'm going to ask you something. I, I, I guess I assume this about you, but I, d I don't really know for sure. Do you, like, kind of identify yourself as an entrepreneur? Or I know you're a keynote speaker and, and a coach. And, and Yeah, so I, I mean, I personally... I'm a little weird about the word entrepreneur because most people who call themselves an entrepreneur yep. aren't actually entrepreneurs. You know, they're entrepreneurs. Sure. Uh, everyone has Which amazing is a great, ideas. A great pun, by the way. Entrepreneurs. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, everyone has amazing ideas. Uh, I have people pitch me all the time. They're like, "Oh man, I got this million dollar idea." I'm like, "No, no, no, no such thing as a million dollar idea. Million dollar execution. That's yeah. it. That's there's it. that. There's that uh, famous like." You know, a million dollar idea with one cent execution is worth zero. Exactly. Like, you know, a yeah. hundred dollar idea with a million dollar execution is worth, you know, whatever, yeah. 10,000 bucks, whatever. whatever uh, the there's so is. many, so many good ones. Yeah. And one that really resonated with me was uh, you can't have a million dollar dreams with a minimum wage work ethic. Yeah. So little stuff like that. Um, you know, people say memes don't work, but, uh, you know, sometimes they hit on Memes only work because the ideas existed before they put them on pictures. There we go. Okay. That's it. Now we're talking. They're literally quotes on pictures. That's it. That's quotable. So, yeah. <laughs> in a meme. We could literally bite. meme a quote into a <laughs> meme. Uh, oh, man. I'm confused now. I, um, I think the another interesting thing, though, you know, while we're on the subject, um, we were talking about authenticity. Yeah. And we're talking about fear of, uh, you know, not being perfect. Uh, you 
are in a position where, you know, you are constantly having to negotiate for yourself. Absolutely. Right? Um, and I am the same way. Uh, and we really all are yeah. in different in different. We all scenarios. advocate for ourselves, whether you work for a boss or you work for different companies, and you independent contract, like you have to advocate for yourself or you'll always be in purgatory of where you don't want to be in life. So let's let's kind of go behind the scenes a little bit and just like take yourself into the mindset of, you know, when you're advocating for your own value or you're advocating for a job that you want. Um, do you still experience those fears and that self-talk? How do, you, how do you overcome those things? Yeah, I think that's that's a completely normal. Every I've done. Uh, let's say 150 events over the last three years. Um, every single talk, even today, I get worried. You know, I get that that anxiousness or that nervousness, and I always have to coach myself through it. I'm like, oh, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I'm like, I'm, I'm excited. You know, that's it's a similar feeling. But I always get that doubt. I, I think it's good to have a controlled pessimism of doubt to understand. Like every time you drive your car, you can get that flat tire, like yeah. we said before. Uh, how can this go wrong? And don't let that thought spiral out of control. Use it as a reality check so you can prep. Almost like a healthy paranoia. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. That's a great way to put it. It's, I, I think it's a, a very good thing to do if you can control it, but some people let that spiral out of control. And then they go, what if, what if, what if, what if? And then they end up doing nothing. Yeah. You know, paralyzed out of fear. Anal analysis paralysis yeah, type of yeah, behavior. Yeah. So uh, I get that all the time. But at the end of the day, my concept is if I plant a million seeds, one might grow. Might. Not will. Might. And if it doesn't, plant more. Like giving, at, giving yourself a chance to. You have to. You, and you can't. I used to tie myself up with like one idea. So I really wanted this one gig with this one company. And I'm like, man, if I got this, then this if then philosophy. Yeah. And I built this idea up into my head. So I was so excited for that. But by the opposite token, I was so distraught that it didn't happen. Hmm. So instead of establishing the reality of if this if this works cool, but if it doesn't, I'll also do this. I was just one sided. So I'm very careful with that. And I appreciate every opportunity that comes. I'm not lucky, but I am fortunate to make it work. And, you know, not to even more quotes or quotable memes is like, do you know how hard I had to work to get this lucky? hundred percent. You know, yeah. I, I, I see that really a lot. True. It's um, really true. And people just see the topical success and they don't see what it took to get there and the amount of failure it took to get here, you know? So uh, I'm just, I'm lucky to be able to give value back to people in whatever space and be able to call this a job. Yeah. You know, it's pretty great. Yeah. Um, you mentioned failure, so we got to talk about it. Let's go. Uh, do you think, you know, failure as a, I don't know, how, how, fa how did failure play a part in your life? I'll give you an example for me. Uh, when I was a really little kid, probably way too young to learn about like these ethereal like concepts. My dad got me this book. It's called, I can't accept not trying. It's like a little picture book by Michael Jordan. And so it's just like, I'm sure he made a ton of money on it and didn't write a single word, but it's based on the idea that because I try and fail, I'm successful. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, he, it's all the, the typical Michael Jordan stuff. Like I've shot the ball 99 times at the end of the game and I've only made it 12 times yeah. and I missed the other ones. Yeah. But because I missed those, I'm able to make the next one. A hundred percent. And did that, uh, so how do you, you know, where did you get your comfortable, uh, where's your comfort with being able to put yourself out there and, and quote unquote fail and continue to pick up the pieces and come back again? I don't know if we talked about this last time, but if I did, I'm going to say it again. Uh, understanding the difference between the word failure and failing. Right. I think we did. We talked about that massive. a little bit, but I think it's still important. Like that's that's so vital. Knowing that you know failing as an action is completely different than being a failure as giving up and you know succumbing to the loss. So failing holds equal weight to winning. You know, winning yeah. and losing. You can't have winning without losing. You can't have success without failure no one just made it and you don't know how strong you are until you're tested you know strength doesn't come without struggle so i feel like to avoid one would be a guarantee to avoid the other well and let's talk a little bit about that and apply it again to you since this is you're on the show you're the guest right now but did, did i talk about like all the failures i had last time I don't know if we got so deep into all of them, but I think oh, you know we we focused on this, and and I almost even said the same exact response just now that I did last time. So I <laughs> the bad thing is, cause it's what we like, believe, it's I what know, we live. It's like my life. We're blood. gonna go listen to the old podcast. We're like, well, this is the, the same, same thing. Podcast. We just have video. Uh, so, but it, like, if you hadn't had felt the way you felt and, uh, about you about yourself, or made the mistakes, quote unquote mistakes that you made earlier in your life, you couldn't have the same resonance that you have no. now. I think y y I went through enough pain to make a change and most people don't. 
And looking back on it, it's great because I'm like, oh, thank God I went through that. You know, right. maybe I could have did different things, but, you know, I, I got the mental fortitude of where I am today. But uh, if I could go back, I would definitely not want to do that because yeah. <laughs> it's not something I would wish on anyone. I do think that people have to struggle. They have to fail. They have to go through the dirt. They have to put their head down. We talked about this yeah. earlier. You know, most people ask like, oh, how'd you get into speaking? I was like, I did 30 plus events for free. Yeah. They're like, well, how'd you get there? I'm like, I paid. Like, well, why? I was like, well, do you see where I am now? Right. Like, yeah, but I want to be there. I'm like, oh, oh, you want to hang out at the yeah. finish line without running the race. Yep. I see how that works. You wanna, you're, they're comparing your day 1,000 to that's their it. day one. And that, that's, that will never happen. And honestly, when people ask me, oh, how do I get to somewhere like where you're at? I say fail. Fail forward, fail often, you know? And you have to, you have to be able to be tough mentally and deal with the fact that life is not going to go your way. If you were able to say, I want life to go my way every single time, think about this. When you go to apply for that job and 10 other qualified people just like you apply for that job and you get it because you wanted your way, you just destroyed 10 other people, right. even though they were good options because of what you wanted. If your life went exactly how you wanted it to, so many other people would suffer. Because it's a balance, right? There right. is a balance. In order for you to in, in order for you to win, someone has to lose. Yeah, and that's that's the truth, you know. And not saying you should lose or you should win on purpose, but I'm saying that you should come prepared for that win or for that loss, and not take that loss to heart. Right, because you, like you said, fail and fail often. Um, oh man, that. Oh, okay, so perfect example. <laughs> perfect example. Um, I got my degree in exercise science, and I never expected to uh, get into speaking or anything like I thought about it but never thought it as a job and parents did not think about it as a job either like oh you're gonna talk we right. used to get in trouble for talking <sighs> i had a job i had a job that i got offered it's 25 dollars an hour and at that time like as a a freshman in college i'm yep. like i haven't even graduated and you're gonna offer me this job for 25 dollars an hour i'm like this is the i'm gonna be rich right i'm like bentley is coming very soon i didn't show up to the second interview because of a girl and I lost the job and I was destroyed. Sure. Like I look back and I'm like, well, there's my whole career. Like that could have been the job for the rest of my life. Right. I really thought that like, oh, that's, that's probably where we're going to end up for the rest of my life. Like it's a great job. It's exactly what I wanted to do in the exercise science field. And I look back and I'm so thankful I didn't go to that interview. Yeah. At the time, distraught, messed up. Now, I'm so lucky that that didn't happen because I don't know where I would have been. I, I think, I mean, that struck a chord with me. I uh, I haven't talked about this a whole lot, but. Yeah, um, that was a new story. I was like, oh, I just remember that. This is good. We're digging into new stuff. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. It's not going to be the same as the last <laughs> exactly. episode. Exactly. For now. So uh, most people know I played for the Washington Generals against the Globetrotters. Most people don't know. I got fired. Like I was <laughs> like. See, like, that's the kind of real stuff and, that people need to hear. And yeah, I mean, I was in the Pepsi Center. So even more nuance to it. I went, I lived for like six years in Colorado. Um, I went to college there and then afterwards I worked there, had a lot of friends. So we're in this part of our tour. Uh, the last leg of our first half of our, se our tour in 2013 was in Colorado. So I had like 70 people that came to the games to watch me that I was like giving tickets to. And I get a call right before the second game in Denver in the Pepsi Center in, the NBA, in an NBA arena. I get a call from my GM. And he's like, hey, man. And we had had some, like, conversations the weeks leading up to it. But I thought that we had kind of gotten over whatever the problems were. He goes, hey, man, like, they are, uh, one of these guys doesn't like you on the tour. He's like, you're going to be done after this. But we're going to let you play your games in Colorado because we know your friends and family are there. So I just got fired, and then I had to play three more shows. And so, like, and, like, literally, the game starts in an hour. Like, people are texting me. They're like, hey, we can't wait to watch you, bro. So I'm out there, and I'm like, God, like, I can't believe it. And I told, you know, one of my college teammates and his family were there. Uh, and I, like, told him after the game. I was like, eh, my trainer was out there. Like, I was like, oh, I got fired. I got to, like, find this thing. No. And so, like, I moved home, like, after the tour was over. And I was, like, kind of on fun employment for a little while. Like, not, you know, just, like, a couple weeks. And I was reaching out, and I got a uh, one of my buddies was living in New York at the time, one of my best friends, and he linked me up with this guy, and we had this email conversation. And he goes, you know, we're back and forth. He's basically kind of offering me this job, and I'm like, you know, kind of waffling on it. I had another offer in Dallas that I actually ended up taking, and I told him, and I ended up, I emailed him. I was like, hey man, you know, I appreciate the conversations, and this has been really cool, but you know, I took this job in Dallas because I'm here, and you know, it, it just seems right. <laughs> he sends me back this email. He's like, 
hey, bro, just let me let me know if you ever want to move to New York City and have the opportunity to make more money than you've ever seen in your life. Oh, my. <laughs> and at the time, I just God. took it. I took it. I was like, damn, this dude's kind of crazy, kind of wow. blowing smoke. But yeah. then later on, he founded this company called Stadium Goods, which, like, sells sneaker, like, aftermarket sneaker reseller. It was, like, a big deal. And, uh, you know, I would have gone and worked for this guy. But I didn't for know that sure. at the time. So, for you know, sure. <laughs> I'm looking, I look at, back at it, and the job that I took, led me to starting my own company yeah. led me to have my own life to, to diabetics doing things to this entire this incredible opportunity and in that moment when i realized i was like yo i could have been at stadium goods yeah i had this quick hint and I, 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 my mind went i could have had all this stuff yeah and i got disappointed with what i had but you can't and you can't do you that can't. And, I, and i realized in that moment i was like you know because th this entire journey brought me to where i am i think the way people think is like oh i live life this way and if i lived life that way it might have been you know a different Life can go so many different ways, and you never know what would have happened in the past. You're literally creating right. scenarios that don't exist, exactly. and you're stressing about things that don't exist. They're not real. They're literally yeah. not real. Literally so not real. So it, I went. I found that email. I went back and found it, and I was like, "Wow, I got it. Okay, it, this really happened." And I was like, "I'm so happy where I am. I'm like doing what I love to do." And even though, even in those moments, I doubt myself. Oh, for a, sure. You know. So I feel like I just want to destigmatize that. Like, at whatever point we, you and I are at. Yeah that we still have those moments where oh for sure we, we can we can like question everything we've ever done I, i've had so many people talk to me and they're like man you're so lucky you know you're so lucky you're 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 so lucky to be doing what you're doing like i wish i i wish i did what you did i wish uh i wish i had the time to do that i yeah. wish i had the life you had and i'm like oh you wish you had the life i had you wish i you went through depression and suicide watch you wish you went to the church to get food you wish you had a $500 car that broke down no, no AC in Florida, you know? You wish you spent $50,000 on an app and lost it because the guy left. You wish you moved to a different state for a business that failed and lost everything and had to come back. You know, you wish you got on a TV show and then actually lost in front of the entire nation, the entire world, that big opportunity that you thought could have been bigger. You wish you, you know, got with a, a Nike and they hired you and then ended up saying you're not their body type. Bro, I messed up a lot. Like, not even messed up, but I, like, failed a lot, technically. Sure. Technically, but I'm here, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's not final. How much are you willing to go through? Like, what can be thrown at you and you're still unwavering? If you find that why to keep you up after all the stuff like that, you're on the right track. So what's, with that, like, what's your... Obviously, you help people and you inspire people. What's your why when you have those moments? Undoubtedly, I vow to be the person I never had growing up. Whether that's for a kid or an adult or a company, a company that affects change in kids, adults, or anything, I will be the person that I didn't have growing up. Man, soundbite. Uh, yeah. so we, we, we did the close. Yeah, yeah we did we, good. That's we did good. good. We did good. Uh, no, that's good. Not thank good. you. Um, I, I think that's so important to hear for people, you know, because... I got a question for you. Okay, hit me with it. What's the most painful thing you ever experienced? Uh, man, um... First thing, I, you know, my dad dying last year was like the just shook shook me up, man. Especially because you're already in the influencer space, but so to speak. And like, how did you deal with that? Like, what kind of thing could you even go through? I can't even imagine. It. Oh, well, you know, I'm seeing a therapist about it, and we're working through a lot of the grief stuff, which I think is really important. And we'll get to mental health. In we a can destigmatize that too. Like, yeah. I yeah, I see it there. It's a necessity. Um, necessity. And because she's a pro, and yeah. you know, you don't take your car to a bakery to get the exhaust work done. Nope. Uh, so I, and I wouldn't don't know how to do a car exhaust myself, so I go to a pro. Uh, and we're working through some of the stuff, like, but it really shook the way you know the wheel of my life of the things that i think were important and the values that i had like priorities yeah like priorities you know like i was a i'm a workaholic i love mm. work um and he was like that mm. and i you know always looking for the next deal always pushing that and you know sometimes sacrificing things in the present trying to work for things in the future and uh you know i loved him for that he, I, he gave that spirit to me and at the same time we miss things uh and i don't regret them you for know sure, we, we had sure. time but you know, now I'm like, okay, is this that important? You're just is more this, aware. I'm, more, more aware. I'm aware of it. And it kind of cleared that up for me. And I think, um, you know, that's a different answer than I would have given a couple of years ago. Yeah, I'm uh, sure. And I mean, it, it depends on where you're at. Same thing right. if you talked about like my disability, like I'm all open for it. But before, if you would have did that, I would have took these headphones off. Sure. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, I resonate with the progress of growth and sometimes growth is healing and I, I like I said I can't imagine going through that but I can't imagine the pain of healing and it, it's tough especially when you're in a social light it is and I, th I think honestly 
you know, not, not being able to share that. Like my family is very private about the whole thing, mm-hmm. which I thought was a little bit, um, you know, back to the control thing. We're trying to control the narrative too much. Yeah. And, you know, we also were trying to be there for him. Like he was in his mind, he was going to beat it. So, you know, you, you wanted to fuel that of sort of placebo, yeah. you know, and we had those conversations. Um, but yeah, you know, you, you kind of feel a little bit more lonely and then you open up and like people you don't even know have been you know, outpouring of help of this, like kindness and encouragement and like it's something you know, that it's, we it's need. Really it's something we need, not just in disaster, not just yeah, in, 100%. you know, catastrophe, but mental health is such a huge component and it's a big fuel of what I talk about. You know, I have my degree in exercise science, but I, I kind of hate talking about physiology because it's hmm. boring to me and it's, there, it's just logic. And you've been there, done that. It, kind it's, of thing. it's, it's cool and all, but with mental health is what we struggle with most. Uh, guys are so stigmatized by mental health. We're not allowed to feel we're too masculine, masculine. We're, uh, you know, if I talk about depression, people are like, well, you can't be depressed. I'm literally put on a pedestal of I'm not allowed to be depressed. Right. I'm not allowed to have anxiety. If Chris Rudin is depressed. Like, yeah, well, no way. I have to be depressed. That, that's insane. Yeah. Like that, that blows my mind. And that puts a lot of pressure on me and other people too. And that's not fair. That's not something I struggle with depression and everything else, just like other people who struggle with depression. And it's a, a daily battle. It's not like I read a, a, a nice meme quote picture and I'm like, wow, I am so motivated today. Yeah. It, that's not how that works. There's some days that, ju- that are just tough, but my why keeps me going through the bad days and through the good days. Everyone is motivated when things are going good. You get that new deal. When you get those hundreds of likes and everyone validates you, you are on top of the world. But talk to me on a bad day. How are you going to get through? What's right. your driving factor? Is your driving factor an external force that you can't control? Because if it is, you're going to crash and burn. And I've crashed and burned plenty of times. And I think... You know, again, a lot of it is looking for external validation and, you know, those not to keep going back to stoicism part two here, but, uh, you know, mastery of self is that's the journey. Right. And, you know, there's this book I really love called uh, The War of Art. And it's like the the artist version of the art of war. And it's kind of a a nice switch and, and kind of tongue in cheek. And a lot of it talks about fighting resistance and how if you're an artist or an entrepreneur or a person who's trying for more every day, you have to wake up and slay the dragon. But there's no villagers that throw you a parade. You just have to wake up the next day and kill the dragon again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think that type of repetition, uh, that type of effort just to get to what you're trying to do is so tough. And people miss out. They think it's easy. They look at they you do. and they're like, oh, man, they Chris Rudin, has, he, was, he has millions of views. They He's see on the TV. Good the they Rock the gave him a hug. Yeah, they see the good things. And they don't see, like, the second that that show was over, like, I'm done. You know, like, I'm literally on to the next because I know I need to keep going. That's it's done. It's it's not something that people talk about anymore. So I just always keep going with that. Something I do want to ask you, and I would love to kind of open this. What's something you struggle with now? Um, like sort of mentality wise, like for uh, I guess I'll start with for me, it's uh, understanding when to turn off. You know, Um, we're there's two kinds of people. There's people who are who settle with less and not in a bad way. Like they're super happy. Yeah. They appreciate everything. They have gratitude. Um, and then people who strive for more, you know, and I feel like we're definitely strive for more people. We constantly go after it. We get the thrill of the chase yep. in terms of entrepreneurship yep. and business. Um, knowing when to actually be happy, when to choose to be content. Um, that's definitely something I, I have to actively be aware of is like appreciate where you're at versus always continue to be unhappy because you're not where you want to go. I think before I answer the question, I, just speaking to that, years ago, and it wasn't that long ago, really, um, one of my good friends and I had this idea that contentment and happiness and complacency was bad. It was like negative. Yeah. That Satisfaction as soon, as is soon the as death we, of desire. Exactly. Yeah. Like we were soft at that point. Yeah. Like we, like our, uh, that was the moment we were dead. Yeah. And, you know, for years I lived my life that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a great balls to the wall approach that will burn you out. It is not sustainable. It will burn you out. Some people do it. That's, I think that's I think the it's crazy a, thing. a tool. Like definitely it, it was a tool to get me through some rough times where I'm just like, fuck it. Keep going. Go, go, and, go. I used to idolize guys like Kobe Andrew Bryant. Frizzella, like people like that who were yeah. just like hard. They were just hard. They're waking up at two in the morning and they're getting yeah. a workout in because they need that extra, you know, the Jocko Willings of the world yeah, they're up yeah. at four 30 because they know when they meet the guy that's working against them, they're going to kill. Plus him. you see that image. You're like, yeah. damn, he's a badass because yeah. he, he does all the shit. He owns his life. He has yeah. ownership. He's, yeah, yeah. He really is like in there. And I think, um, 
So yeah, I, I looked to those guys mm -hmm. and I still do in some cases for motivation and things like I have a tremendous amount of respect for them, but I also know myself now a little bit better. I take part of it, you know, yeah. I, I, I extract the parts that And that's important me. with yeah. everybody. You yeah. Take it with a grain of salt. It, you can't be just like me or just like right. Rob, like that, that can't happen because you are doing yourself a disservice and right. the world is a disservice of you bringing your individuality and what you could offer. And you're probably, yeah, probably neglecting the parts that make, it will make you special, yeah. more special than us or different exactly. than us. Uh, and that's, I think, super important. So um, the thing that I'm struggling with right now um, is I have a lot of things. That, uh, I, I'm a guy that likes to, a lot of irons in the fire. Uh, I don't like downtime. Yeah, so it's like the orange Lamborghini or the yellow one, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, those are the problems I have. No. That's the next podcast. That's the next. I don't fit in a Lamborghini. That's the next <laughs> one. That's what we want to talk about that. We can go do comedians in cars drinking coffee, put that's Rob great. in a Lamborghini, and that would be comedy that's awesome. right there. But, um, you know, I have my agency business, Recreation, which I love, and is uh, it's just been an incredible ride to this point. It's very successful to, to my estimation, and we want to grow it and continue to do great work. Uh, so I have that. I have diabetics doing things, which is really my own, is, is my personal creative outlet. It's my connection to the diabetes community. It really is my passion and also like what I think I was put on this earth uh, to do uh, probably, um, at least at this point. Um, and also I get a tremendous amount of emotional revenue from. Uh, and just like this week, uh, I was in Montana. I talked to a kid came up to me and was like, hey, like diabetes. He wasn't even really talking to me. He was like, diabetes camp's the only time I feel like a person. It's that's, like this seven-year-old kid. those little moments you catch like, and you're like, oh, man, like, burner. I'm like, in the right place. You yeah. know, like I can have like, okay, this is worth it. Yeah. Uh, there was a story. Uh, you were at the Young Adult Conference in Dallas earlier this year. Uh, Laura Pavakovich and um, Ariel Lawrence were there. And we had been talking with Nicole Johnson before. And I donated some scholarships, one to each of them, to uh, give away to one of their followers who wasn't able to afford to come to camp. And JDRF Dallas sponsored the flights, and I you know, paid the conference fee. One of the girls that came met, had, ne had no type 1 friends, only been type 1 for like six months, met uh, Brandon Arbiter from mm -hmm. Tidepool, asked him for a job. He gave it to her. She what? moved out to the Bay Area. So she, now she works for Tidepool um, and is on, had only done MDIs and never had a CGM. Now she's looping. That's insane. And I ran into her on the streets at ADA conference that in San Francisco. That is insane. And so it's like, you know what? There are little th things that I didn't even know about yeah. that are happening from that. So anyway, all that to say is like, diabetes doing things is super important and I love it and I hope it never goes anywhere, but, uh, or never goes away. But the thing that I struggle with is balancing opportunities based on time. Uh, my time is finite. I'm getting married. You know, my fiance wants time with me of and course. I love her. I want time mm -hmm. with her. But you know, I'm also like excited about new things. Like it's hard to, t I love saying yes. You know, yeah, uh, and I think that the hardest thing for me is when to tough. say no at times because, you know, and, and I think I've come up with systems where if it's a work gig and I need to get paid for it, uh, well, that's a simple thing. Am I getting paid for this? Yes yeah. or no, I can do it or not. Um, or is this a good opportunity for me to feel better about what I'm doing in the community or have an impact on people's lives? Yes or no. Um, or does this person just want me to volunteer and needs my help raising money or planning an event? It's like, you know, is this my responsibility? Yeah. And that's, uh, it's tough because you always want to add value. And that's just what we do is we, we try and give back, but we have to assess, is it going to take away from my ability to help more people? Right. Is it going to take away from my quality of life? Because if you damage the building's foundation, you know, it only survives so long. And if you're the building and you're giving all this value to people, you start doing those detrimental events or right. those detrimental scenarios where you know you shouldn't, it gets to you. Well, and I think too, it's a lot of it is trust, trusting yeah. that other people and also bringing other people up to do things and, and trusting them with being able to, uh, you know, one of my, one of my employees, she may listen to this podcast, but like she has challenged me because she's very talented and super smart. She doesn't really need me. Mm -hmm. And I have to trust her to be able to do the things that I used to do. And that's tough. And it's tough. Yeah. And, uh, but it's caused a lot of growth for me and realized that like, if I can employ those things in other areas of my life, mm -hmm. the things that are really important to me, can I can continue to focus on and enjoy things that are just for me, my family. Um, and the things that I'm good at and I've built can continue to grow with someone else in the mix. And so, see, that's, that's why I wanted to bring that up because like, I want people to know that everyone struggles, you know, like, for me, what I struggle with for you, what you're struggling with right now. And there will be new things we struggle with if we talk yeah, again, you know, of it, course. it's accepting that struggle is a part of life and accepting that you don't have to judge yourself by what you're going through. And I, we've talked a lot about struggle today. And I think like something that I always said and never had really reinforced itself with me until the last few years, uh, 
I went to play basketball at the University of Colorado at Colorado Springs. I had a lot of other offers. I was not super highly recruited, but I was close. Um, but I liked this school. And I didn't know why. I didn't really have a great chemistry with the coach on the phone as I look back. But I liked the location. I liked the guys. And my, my teammates that I had during that time are still some of my best friends. But every single day, my coach hated me. And I didn't play at all, really, until like halfway through my junior year. Man. So I would go to work every day. My number one priority in my life and my number one love, which is basketball at the time. And they were telling me no. And somebody was right there. And I'd, he'd look me in the eye every day and be like, no, dude, um, I'm in control. And I'm taking what you love away. And so every day I had to, man, it was hard. How many times, and we joke about it, my friends, like how many times in our basement were we just sitting down there bitching and moaning about coach does this, he won't play us. And then every day we'd still wake up and with the hammer, go back to work, chipping away at it. And then eventually it wasn't easy and like still had a lot of pitfalls, but eventually I got, I got to start. I got to have my career high. I got to have my big moments, my game winning shot, whatever. And I remember after one of those moments, just like walking after the post game interview, walking down the stairs, like in the moment, like in a stairwell by myself, kind of like not collapsing, but like sitting down and crying and being like, fuck, like this was yeah, all so that work, much, all work. that. Yeah. And, but, I, but at the same time, everyone had given up on me except probably my family. Yeah. They were like, you know what? Rob's a good college basketball practice player. Rob's a good teammate. Rob's a good guy. He's a good basketball player, but he's not going to make it. And that's just going to be that. And they were right to think that that was logical. Yeah. But every day I had to just be crazy. I mean, the, the, <laughs> the doubt, the doubt you had to experience is yeah. real. It's real. And I have it still. I experience it all the time. So I'm going to say something that I haven't said. I've told one person exclusive. This is, this is like, if you made it this far in the podcast, you're going to hear some stuff that you're like, no, nah, you're lying. I have the paper proof. Um, last year I was still pretty known, right? Yeah. You were known. I knew you. I would say so. Yeah. Um, would you believe that I applied for a base level job at Vitamin Shop for $8 an hour? I was ready to quit. I lost so many opportunities. I wasn't picking up any gigs. Money was tight. I'm terrible at balancing money. Um, it was to the point where I was like, screw this, I'm done. I went into this Vitamin Shop in Boynton Beach. I printed out a resume that I haven't printed out and the, the gaps. The gaps <laughs> were insane. Um, and I, I brought this and I was like, this is me. He started talking to me. I started telling him about what I do and all that. He said, no. Hmm. He said, I'm not going to let you do this. He said, I, I, I could hire you part time, but there's no point. Hmm. He literally said no. And that was like the best thing ever because I, I had given up and I was physically ready to give up. I told one other person that and I was like, that was last year, man. I still had the followers. Yeah. Still had the gigs. Still had all the all the fancy stuff, every magazine, all mm -hmm. this stuff. I was ready to quit. I was done. Last year, man. So like when I hear stuff like that, bro, I know. I'm I'm walking by people maybe here and I'm like, sure. That person you said no to me two years ago, everyone's talking about me now. Because I, I didn't give up and you thought it wasn't gonna happen. Right. And I'm doing it because they come first, you know? Hmm. So well, shout out to that guy for not letting Bro, you quit. Bro, for dude. real. Wow. For real. <laughs> that dude, I hope I, he's doing I mean, great. maybe in his head he might be like, I'm quitting. I'm not onboarding anybody today. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but in my head, I was like, damn, that's an angel. Like, that's, that was like Man. one of those people that was just like, nah, you're not going to, you, you're way overqualified for this position. And so. I just, man, I, you know, I, how many examples? Like, obviously, I don't, I don't ever get to hear those firsthand. Like, you, thanks for sharing that. This is nuts. But. You know, you've seen that like cartoon where the guy's like about to quit. He's like, I quit. The caption is, I quit. And he's got a pickaxe and a tunnel. And there's like, yeah, right about right, to win. Right, right, right about, about to win. Is like the treasure. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, and you see him walking back. Like, that, that's real life, dude. Like, you, the, the only way to become a failure is to quit. And I tried mm -hmm. to become a failure. I tried, you know, and I'm so lucky that there was something external. Yeah. But immediately I was like, okay, back to the drawing board. What, what do I need to do with where I'm at right now to make this work? And sometimes that, that's the most important question you can ever ask yourself. Like, stop yourself in all your shit and be like, what can I do right now with where I'm at to make this suck less? What can I do next? That's it. What's the next step? The There's Ariel walking by. <laughs> Dude, it's, uh, it, it's not like, like, again, you're not going to hit it. You're not going to, no one throws a hundred yard touchdown pass. You know, nobody because they, they I can't, didn't I didn't can't. start deadlifting yeah. 600 pounds you right. know like I, I literally started I 
physically couldn't even do it. So yeah. it, it takes years and years and every day you're going to doubt yourself. Every day I was like, there's no way I'm going to lift heavier yeah. than this. I lift heavier. I'm like, well, now there's no way I'm going to lift heavier than this. Right. And it's like constant, constant, constant. I don't mind if people complain or they doubt. Just doubt to keep going. Don't doubt to stop. Incremental progress, man. It's like it. all of life's great treasures come from compound interest, whether that's physical, emotional, financial, anything. Financial, yeah. A hundred percent. And that's that's like a, a massive point that it's uncomfortable because it's not it's not something you can take a picture of. You can't yeah. make incremental progress and be like, look, I just look at incrementally yeah. progressed. Like, and it's boring. And it's like boring. for me, I hate being bored. Yeah. Like I, so yeah. I'll do things for myself that are, I shouldn't even do, I, no. but I do them because they're interesting and yeah. that gets me fired up to maybe get to the next thing. Temporary. Yeah. You know? And my therapist has told me to stop doing those things. Yeah. But, you know. but yeah, the, yeah, technically it's not <laughs> healthy, but I, I'm trying to control those things, you know, it's, yeah. it's tough, man. But like I said, we, we all struggle and it's, it's cool to show the transparency of struggle, regardless of where you are, without a doubt, regardless of where I end up, I'm going to continue to have these same struggles because it's yeah. part of who I am. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll fight it every single day, but I'm on a path to a better me. Yeah, man. Well, dude, <laughs> solid talks as always. You uh, you show up and you like you're like Dion Waiters, which is you know my oh, man. Heat, I dude. wish I wish I knew sports. I don't even know, man. I'm like I don't watch baseball, but you're it's like, all good. You played ten minutes. You score forty <laughs> points with twelve boards. Dude, I've heard that's winner. a lot. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, sports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's cool that we can connect, regardless yeah, of like you know I power lift, you play sports and do your thing. Like yeah. the concept of you know growth and struggle is is universal. Well, and I think you know. A traditional society doesn't want us to be friends. No, they don't it, want us because because we're on paper. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. But, you know, real life is, you know, we connected and we found out that like, we have a lot more in common than we think. Yep. Topically, people are like, well, a sport guy and a lifter like that's boring. A, but people don't get it. Yep. Yeah. People don't get it. And it, it's nice to connect with people that do. 100 percent agree. Dude, Chris Rudin. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, AD 2019. It was good. My show. Uh, I know I'm going to run into you again because, you know what? I'm not quitting. So done. Uh, Chris Rudin, check him out uh, at Chris Rudin on Instagram. Yeah, and obviously you guys know that. Uh, and keep watching his YouTube videos to make sure that he makes more. Yes, uh, we I talked need about that to make too. more. <laughs> guys, push me for these YouTube videos. Keep Help me. Comment on his <laughs> most recent post. To Help post on me. YouTube. <laughs> it's been an amazing journey thus far, and I have a lot of really great stuff coming up in the future. Uh, so I'm going to do something that I haven't asked before. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast. Uh, a, I would love it if you would subscribe to the podcast just so you get the notifications whenever we publish new episodes because if you've been listening for a while, you know I don't always publish them consistently. Sometimes I'll publish five in a week. Sometimes it'll be only a couple in a month, and you need to know when these episodes drop, so be sure to subscribe. And if you like the podcast, be sure to go to your preferred platform like iTunes and leave a review. I would love to boost my reviews, and I've never asked you guys to do that before, so I figured you don't ASK, you don't GET. I would love a review from you, so I want to hear from you there. Also, we are now available on Spotify. Turns out I was just submitting it to Spotify incorrectly, but I corrected that, so now we're on Spotify. So if that's your preferred listening platform, be sure to subscribe on there. Also, just want to let you know that in 2019, we have an awesome new program coming called Tools of Type 1s. It's going to be on this podcast, so... You don't have to subscribe anywhere new, but it's going to be an entirely new form of programming with some of your favorite type one personalities. So they're going to be two a week starting January 8th. Be sure to tune in and I'm going to blast all the messaging I can all around. So be sure to listen to Tools of Type Ones launching January 8th. And thank you for continuing to listen to this podcast.